Hi, brothers and sisters. I'm glad to start a new week of teachings. This week, we're going to talk about master of words. Master of words. Father, I ask in the name of the Lord Jesus that you intensify the revelation that is upon me. Cause me to speak by revelation. Cause me to talk by revelation. Cause me to think prophetically. Cause the spirit of wisdom and revelation to be upon me in a heavy way this week. For it is written in 1 Corinthians 1 and 30, Lord Jesus, that you have made unto me wisdom. So let that spirit of wisdom be in operation in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let's go to Proverbs, the 18th chapter, and let's start at the, at the 19th verse. It says, a brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. And their contentions are like the balls of a castle. Now, we're talking about master of words this week. A brother offended is harder to be warned than a strong city. And their contentions are like the bars of a castle. You know, I was talking to people. I said, man, you know, you, you run across people that has different gifts than you have. And they know how to use their words to say something that is correcting the person. But some people know how to do it in a manner where it doesn't offend the person. I mean, they're glad to hear it. And I admit that's, you know, it's one of my weaknesses. And I'm like, man, how I would love to be able to, to say, say things in a manner that I bring blessing to a person without offending them. And I'm, I believe that this is able to be done through meditation of the word of God, through prayer, by, by, by asking the Lord to help you in that area and asking him to fill you with wholesome words. See, the, see the uh, wholesome words are a tree of life. So when you begin to operate out of spirit of love, it's going to change the way you communicate with a person. You can't just say anything to the person because you're operating out of a spirit of love. Now you can overcorrect and say, I'm not going to correct anything that's wrong because I love the person. That's, that's not it neither. But 90% of what you saying to people should be positive. The other 10%, you know, probably is going to be corrective, but it has to be done in a manner that it don't bring a, a strong offense because you're trying to win that person. You're trying to win them to Christ. He that win it souls is wise. What did Jesus do in his ministry? He used words to heal people. He used words to cast out devils. Everything he did to help people were, were, was done by words. Jesus Christ was the word 
in human form. For it is written in, the, in John, the first chapter, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. See, see, the word is with God, right? But watch this. The word was God. So there is no difference between words that are written in the Holy Scriptures and God. But it, but if you keep reading in the first chapter of John, it says that the word was made flesh and dwelt among men. Now we're just gonna take the the word of God like it's written. You don't don't try to understand it because I didn't understand it at first neither. If God said the word was made flesh, that's what it meant. It, don't try to add to. Don't try to understand it. Just remember that the written word is Jesus. The Bible said. The written word was made flesh and dwelt among men. But if you notice, Jesus used what? He used who he was, oh, hallelujah, to heal people. One place in Psalm, David said, or Moses, whichever wrote that Psalm, they said he sent his word and healed us and delivered us from all our distresses. So from the beginning to the end, anything a man gets that is going to help him in his life is done by words. If a man gets money, it's done by words. A word has to be spoken first. You know, a person with an excellent job, a, a, a profit-making type job, a a prosperous person, they started off by saying words. You know, because you might misunderstand what I'm saying. You might say, well, Derek, when that person goes shoot that basketball, he's not speaking words. He's shooting the basketball to get money. Yeah, but it started by words. Somebody told that person that he was an excellent basketball player. He spoke out his mouth that I'm going to be a great basketball player. I can dribble. I can shoot. I can shoot. Give me a ball. I can shoot. I can shoot. Let me shoot the ball. It started off by words. And it developed into the natural. See, the words that that child spoke caused him to want to keep playing to make it to the top. Everything you do starts out by words. If you have an inferiority complex, you will say, man, I, I'm not athletic. Or I'm not, I can't read. Or I can't do my, see, that's an inferiority complex, believing that you can't. Did you know that Jesus spoke positive about himself also? He is our example. One place he said, a greater than Solomon is here. Now imagine if you didn't know that he was the son of God, which many people didn't. And you hear this man saying, a greater than Solomon is here. You would say, what arrogance? Or like he told the Pharisees, when he was talking to them and reproving them, they said, you're not even 50 years old, and you're talking about Abraham saw your day. And Jesus told those boogers, before Abraham was, I am. And boy, they picked up stones and stoning the devil because he said that he was I am. He pretty much told him them he was the great I am. He told the truth about who he was. He said, before Abraham was, now it was Jesus. See, a lot of y'all thought Jesus was just born when he came through Mary. You notice that in the word of God, if you read the different gospels, one place it says the seed that was in Mary was of the Holy Ghost. 
And then another place, it says that Jesus is the son of God. Which one is his father then, the Holy Ghost or the father? That's a, that's a trick question. But what I want to tell you is Jesus always admitted who he was. Before Abraham was, I am. I and the father am, am one. If you've seen me, you've seen the father, so forth and so on. I say I'll let to say this. You must read the scriptures and acknowledge what the scripture says you are. If it says you're a peculiar person, agree with it, even if you don't think you're peculiar. If it says by his stripes you are healed, agree with him against the circumstances in your body. One place it says, Abraham considered not his body, but only what the Lord has said was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Can you dare to believe the word of God contrary to the natural circumstances? How many think they could do that? Believe the word of God, which is contrary to your natural circumstances. Yes, a person can be sick in their body. You can do it, and you can still say and believe that you're healed while your body is having a different opinion. And your spirit are your words. You being a master of your tongue will cause your body to subject to your words because you are the ruler. You are the master over your body. I'm out of time. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Be blessed. Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm glad to be with you once again to release seeds of faith that is going to edify, that's going to bless you, that's going to have a divine, profound impact upon your life. Heavenly Father, you've given me the tongue of the learned to speak a word in season to them that are weary. Let your anointing, the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of me, rise up within me and cause me to give, Lord, my brothers and sisters, the words of life. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Well, we have Proverbs, the 18th chapter. We're going to start at the 19th verse. A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. And their contentions are like the bars of a castle. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Now, you need to meditate on the word of God. Let me show you how to meditate on, on that 20th verse. A man's belly. What is a man's belly? A lot of people think, you know, your first thought is going to be, oh, that's your stomach. That's where your natural food go. Well, you knew one place Jesus said man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. What he was doing, he was illustrating how a person would die in the natural if they don't eat. So he used the natural illustration 
to drive home a spiritual truth. When he said man shall not live by bread alone, he was telling you that it's going to take food, natural food to eat, but you can't live by that by itself. You got to take the words that have came out of the mouth of God. In other words, the rhema word that he's spoken to your spirit. A rhema word means a, a word that he's spoken to your spirit that's not written. And the written word. Those things that are written before time are written for our learning, our edification. Particularly in the Pauline letters, Ephesians, Galatians, Philippians, Colossians, even in Peter, in Thessalonians. It's a lot of stuff in there. Timothy. Paul wrote a lot of things that are yours. But you know you can read that and gloss right by it and don't take it into your spirit, man, and it can't be a blessing to you. You know, I for a season, and I'd still do it now, I took Ephesians, right? And I started the first chapter, and I I chew on that for an hour, like a, like a cow chewing cud. I read a verse, and I say that verse, I, I segment it off and say it over and over and over again and personalize it. Other words, take what it said about me and say it over and over and over again. And and some of you might not want to do that because you think you're wasting your time. But if you don't do it, your spirit, you, you're not lifting weights in the spirit. You know, a bodybuilder didn't get swole up like that by itself. You know, a house didn't get brick overnight. It was brick by brick. Your spirit is built brick by brick. And you'll start bricking it. You lay the first brick, and you don't you don't say that it didn't do anything. It did something to your spirit, even if it's unnoticeable. See, one brick, if you brick to put two bricks on your house, you might say, man, they just start bricking it and then finish, and it'll look funny. But but that brick, them two bricks did do something, though, because if you add the other 1,168, you're going to have the whole front brick. Now, I just made up a number. But somebody need that's how many bricks you need to get your house bricked on the front. But anyway, it says a man's belly <clears throat> shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. The fruit is what comes out of a person. I am the fruit of my mother and the seed of my father. The fruit is what comes out of the person. Jesus said in one place is not what goes in that defiles the man. But it what what comes out, blasphemy and cursing, in other words, the things that pertain unto the tongue is is what defiles the man. If a person's tongue is in order, his whole body is pure. Hallelujah. So it says, A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. Now the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. In other words, your human spirit is in the, the location of it is in your belly. How many read before what, what, what Jesus said, uh, you know, um, if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart? How many thought he was talking about that thing that beats, boom, 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 boom? Well, you knew he wasn't talking about that, right? But have you ever thought about how could you explain what he was talking about in word form? 
Have you meditated enough on that? Where have you had to explain what is the heart that you would know what you were, we were talking about? See, that's why you have to read and study and get to a point where you can communicate what you need. Communicate to yourself what you want. Because the words that you communicate is what's going to build you up. Well, the heart is the is the pumping station of your body. It's the centermost part of your body. It's where all the life comes from. The blood pumps through the heart. The life is in the blood. But the thing that distributes the blood is the heart. Right? That, that means that your innermost being is your spirit, see? And the issues of life flows out of your spirit or out of your heart. That's why... The word of God says, keep thy heart with all due diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. Well, the heart is your human spirit, right? Well, the Greek word or the Hebrew word I meant to say with spirit is the word pneuma, which means breath. When you speak, is is your spirit, your breath. The breath, the spirit is is intertwined with words. So when you begin to declare words out of your out of your mouth and out of your life, you are releasing a spirit. And if you can release the right spirit, it will begin to transform your life. A lot of people think their finances and things of that sort are related to them working. But your working and your finances is related to your talk. You know, a lazy man will say, man, I ain't working. He'll say it. He'll say it. I'd, I'd have heard a man say it before that he wasn't going to work. And you know, a man that'll work, he'll say, man, I got to go to work. A, a, a person that's, that's, that's not righteous, they, you'll hear him say it out of their mouth. You see what I'm saying? You'll hear what they say and you'll know where they at. You'll know what they're thinking. Like Jesus said, out of their out of their mouth proceeded forth evil. It's not what goes into the man that defiles him, but what comes out. Well, if what comes out can defile a man, what comes out can justify a man. See, Jesus said one place, by thy tongue thou shalt be justified, and by thy own words thou shalt be condemned. Well, you want to use your tongue a right. You want to use your tongue to justify yourself. You want to see what the word says. The Bible teaches that you're justified by the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. It's not enough to read that. You got to quote that. You got to decree that. If, you, if you're if thinking that you're not saved and not justified, it's because you hadn't meditated or muttered or said. Mutter or saying is the same thing. You hadn't said that over and over and over again until you believe it. See, even natural people know, people of the world, they know if they tell you a thing over and over and over again, you will believe it. I can say a lot of things that people believe that's not true right now, but I don't have time. You believe it to be true and it's not true because they have said it over and over and over and over again, like global, like climate change. Uh, they call it global warming at first, now they call it climate change. Well, climate does change every three months. But, you know, Genesis says it's going to never cease to be summer, fall, winter, spring, and all that. Genesis, the 8th chapter. That's not my message, but I'm trying to uh, give you a point. I'm out of time. Be blessed.
Hello, brothers and sisters. Glad to be with you one more time. We're talking about master of words. Oh, Father, give me the tongue of increase, increase revelation, increase words, increase influence. Father, let a strong influence of your spirit be upon me to influence thousands, Lord, to hear my words pertaining to you, Lord Jesus. I'm going to talk about you, Lord Jesus. I'm going to talk about your precepts, Lord Jesus. So as I talk about you, let the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit be upon me in a mighty way to help thousands, Father, millions, Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. <clears throat> let's go to Proverbs 18, and let's start at the 19th verse. It says, a brother offended is harder to be warned than a strong city, and their contentions are like the bars of a castle. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Now today we're going to hone in on that 21st verse. Death and life are in the power of of the tongue. Let's take that with the last portion, the B portion of verse 20. And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. So as your lips increase with words, you'll either be filled with death or you'll either be filled with life. It all depends on what words increase out of your mouth. Many people, when they're under pressure, they increase their mouth with negativity. I've been guilty of it myself. You'll say things like, man, I don't know how I'm going to pay this bill. Instead of saying, my God supplied all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's how, that's how you're going to pay it, by your words. And when you ignore the problem, well, you're not ignoring it. When you combat the problem with your words, it creates an anointing upon you, an anointing on whatever area you combat you enter into spiritual combat with Satan with words. You, you want to hang around a person or get away from a person due to the words that they're saying. At my job, you get the, you get a, uh, the person in there, in there who's in charge, if they speak the right words, it brings a blessing upon the whole workforce. And if you get a person in there with the wrong words, it brings a curse upon the whole workforce by them being in that authoritative position. Many people don't want to work for people who have the wrong words, who words are like the piercings of a sword. See, one place in, in uh, Proverbs, I think it's 12 and 18, 
It says, let, let me, let me, let me, uh, let me, let me go there. Let me find it real quick. Proverbs 12 and at um, 18, it says, there is that speak it like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. Nobody want to be around a person whose words are like the piercings of a sword. If you're doing anything and you wonder why your workforce is decreasing, why your congregation is decreasing, or whatever you're doing, check your words. You know, uh, one guy told me one time, I was I was delivering mail at this reserve center or something, well, I better not say too much. I don't, I don't like. I don't want to give away a person because it's not meant to hurt nobody, anyone. But a guy told me one time. He said he has a business, but he kind of rough on the people, and nobody don't want to work. He said it's hard for him to get people to work for him, but he he treat them good during Christmas and give them bonuses and stuff. Well, you can still give the bonuses, and you can have them love to work for you if you. Say what you need to say with the right words. Now, look, I say this with humility because sometimes I, I have the wrong words. I've had the wrong words. Still miss it sometimes. Sometimes I get caught up. I say, man, I, I, I you know, I might wake up. You know, you, you want to work on your own spirit, right? So I say, man, I read, I read the Bible, meditate on the word. I see what it says, speak evil of no man. Whether, whether he's doing good or bad, it says speak evil of no man in one place. It says another place of a man desire to see long life and good days, let him refrain his tongue from speaking evil and that his lips do not speak any God. So, you you know, you, you wake up, you read that, you know the word, you say, you know what? I'm going to practice the word. I'm not going to speak evil to anybody. And somebody will come criticizing somebody. Maybe it's the president. Maybe it's a senator. Maybe it's a co-worker. And you get off it if you don't watch it. Now, some of you probably don't do this. You you probably more advanced than me in that area. But I'm 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 a work in progress in that area. If you don't watch it, later on I find myself, I said, man, I did the very thing I said I wasn't gonna do. I got off the criticizing this brother or sister. And I said, Well, Lord, help me again, help me again. I do not and I will not, no, 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 have a critical spirit about anybody. But at the same time, Evil is evil, and righteousness is righteousness also now. But it has to be done. Everything has to be done in the right spirit, in the spirit of meekness, in the spirit of love. Well, according to the word of God, if we focus on releasing life, we can prophesy our way out of any situation. You can prophesy your way out of any circumstance. You can prophesy your way into financial victory. You can prophesy your way into healing. You can prophesy your way into deliverance. One time I told a young lady, she said she wanted to stop smoking. I said, I can help you with that. She said, how? I said, repeat after me. I said, say in the name of Jesus, I will not smoke again. And she said, no, I'm not going to say that. I said, yeah, you don't want to stop smoking. How easy it is to say that in the name of Jesus, I would not smoke again. A person that want to quit smoking, they'll say that 20 times a day if they need to. And the power over death and life is in your tongue. You'll do what you say. You'll do what you say. 
speak to your body. Say, my body is a great physical specimen for the Lord Jesus Christ. It'll do, your body will obey you. Speak to your body. Tell your body, body, you listen to me. I'm your custodian. You don't dominate me. I dominate you. And I command sickness to die and leave this body, and this body to live and be strong. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. I reject diseases and viruses. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is inside of this body. And body, I command you to be strong and healthy in the name of the Lord Jesus. Don't start, don't stop prophesying to your body. Say, well, I did it one time and it didn't work. See, you just said it didn't work. Prophesy forever. Indefinitely. I don't have anything to do and you don't need it. But to speak prophetically, especially when we read it in the Bible, it says death and life are in the power of the tongue. You got something else better to do? Then release life all the time out of your mouth. I don't see nothing better to do. Man, this is, this is the great thing that God has put in your power, the ability to bring life to your own life. God has given you the ability to prophesy your outcome, the ability to call money into existence, the, the ability to call healing into existence, the ability to cause peace to your home, to cause peace on your job. He has given you the authority in your tongue to be a master of words, to use your words to activate angels. For the angels of the Lord, they hearken unto the voice of God's word. Hallelujah. So you are a victor, not a loser. I'm out of time. Be blessed. Well, hello, uh, once again, brothers and sisters, I'm glad to be with you. <clears throat> We're talking about master words. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I confess that wisdom is mine, that I am a wise man, for it is written in 1 Corinthians 1 and 30, you are my wisdom. You've made unto me wisdom. So give me the wisdom. Well, I already have it. I repent. I already have it. But let that spirit of wisdom that I already have on the inside of me speak mightily today, Holy Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus. When we talk about the master words, I go to Matthew, the fifth chapter, and at the third verse. It says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, when I first read that, you might have understood it, but I didn't. You know, you can read something, if you don't understand it, sometimes you just keep reading instead of doing a, a, a word search on it. What does the poor in spirit mean? Well, I, I knew by con context clues and, and by comparing scripture with scripture that it meant the person that, that uh, don't consider himself to be above everybody or whatever. Well, let's, let's look at it in the Amplified. Just stick with me. I'm going somewhere with this. In the Amplified version, it says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Now, poor in spirit is described, it said, those devoid of spiritual arrogance, those who regard themselves as insignificant, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, now, there's nothing wrong with being humble. But do you know humility is saying what God said about you? 
is believing what God believes about you. It is not downing yourself. You remember one place in um, Genesis, right? They put, uh, uh, Adam and Eve put on clothes. And uh, when they put the clothes on, God asked them why they put it on. And they said they put the clothes on because they was naked, right? But God said, who told you you was naked? He never told them they was naked. Oh, somebody missing this. If God never told you was naked, you was naked, you're not naked. So if God never told you that you was broke, you're not broke. If God never told you you were sick, you're not sick. God said you're healed. So see, what you do is you believe what God said over the voice of your body. See, your body has a voice. Your mind has a voice. And your spirit has a voice. Most ministers and, and people today, they are led by their the voice of their body or the voice of their mind. They they tell me things like, God didn't make you a fool, so you better do this. Well, and then another group, some of them led by their mind and body. Well, they don't they don't believe they're healed as long as their body is hurt. He said, well, well, some people say, well, Brother Derek, uh, isn't that right? No, it's not right. Because your body will disagree with the word. Your mind will disagree with the word. I'll give you a classic example. The Bible says, no evil shall befall you, neither shall any plague come nigh your dwelling. So, so your mind might say, well, it's coming by people dwelling. So it might come by. See, that's your mind talking. I mean, if somebody, because they mind talking like that, they body get it. And then they body say, well, I got it. I'm sick. But the spirit says that it can't come now. The spirit says that by his stripes you're healed. So let, let me say this. Even if the enemy did get in and get you, you still have to uh, um, take the portion of scripture and still build up, build up on the portion of scripture that you can build on and get the victory. Don't never stop fighting a good fight of faith. You remember I told you yesterday, I have areas I struggle in. So when you when this word comes forth like it's coming forth, it's coming forth to educate. It's coming forth to readjust. So the reason I went to the scripture I just went to, we're talking about the poor, poor in spirit, for there shall be, be the kingdom of God. Let's go back to Proverbs 18, because we're talking about master words. Proverbs 18 and at 23. It says the poor use it in treaties, but the rich answer it roughly. Now, what is it talking about? It's talking about a uh, a person that's uh, poor. Yes, literally, it could mean that. But you have to understand that some scriptures have threefold meanings. The poor use it in treaties, but the rich answer it roughly. And then another place it said, uh, watch them that are rich in this world because they'll go into a snare. Uh, it talks about how rich men oppress you. Now, look, Jesus always spoke illustratively because the people were controlled by sense knowledge. 
Even the disciples were controlled by their senses. But when Jesus left, he sent the Holy Spirit where we led more so by the Spirit. So, see, it was hard for the disciples to, to, to believe unless they saw because they hadn't came to that level of revelation yet. Thomas, he couldn't believe unless he could put his finger in the hole in his hand and so forth and so on. You understand, Jesus did a lot of things for them to see. We actually are on a higher level of revelation because we got to believe in a person that we've never seen. See, Jesus said to himself, say, Thomas, you believe it because you can see it, but blessed is he that believe and cannot see. Now, let me go back to this. The poor use it in treaties, but the rich answer it roughly. Well, blessed are the poor in what? Spirit. Other words, the person that is not spiritually arrogant. So a person that's not spiritually arrogant, they're going to use their tongue to bring health. It don't mean that they're poor literally. It means that they operate out of a humility. But the humility is knowing also that, they sons, that they're sons of God. It's also knowing that they are a love child of a love God. See, Jesus knew who he was. Jesus knew that he was greater than Solomon, but then he made himself poor. He said, the Bible says Jesus became poor that you through his poverty might become rich. And that, now that's talking about literally. But he really wasn't poor. They had, you remember they had a money bag, so forth and so on, but he purposely lived like that only for the exchange. How many understand that? But my point is, we're talking about a master of words. The poor use it in treaties, or the poor in spirit. They're going to speak to people in a manner that's going to show love. But the rich answer it roughly. They talk to you in a kind of way, hang up on you, uh, or try to tell you this and that and the other. Just they don't care anything about you. But at the same time, you got rich men that didn't talk roughly like David. How many understand where I'm coming from? So it's a spiritual revelation in this. Solomon was rich. See? So, see, verse 24, it says, a man that has friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. People say, well, I don't have any friends. You want to you say, hey, are you friendly? Well, people don't want to hire me up at this job. Well, what kind of spirit you go over there with? When you get on the job, do you have the right spirit? Are you full of joy? Do you tell the people, hey, glad to see you. Good morning. Or you walk in there with your lip poked out, mad at, mad at the world, me against the world, baby, and all that. So if you want friends or if you want to prosper, you got to have the right spirit. You got to have a spirit of love. You got to talk to people right. You can't answer people roughly. It says an evil man hardened his face. That's in Proverbs. You got to have a right spirit. You know, I go to work, man. I be around there, man. I love you. I tell everybody that, male and female, because I, I do love them, because I'm a love child of a love God. You know, if everybody love one another and talk to each other right, you know, it'll be a blessing at your job. It'll be a blessing in the home. If you talk to each other like like the poor, using entreaties, and don't act like you're rich all the time, talking roughly. Well, I got a lot to say, but I'm out of time. Be blessed. I'll talk to you tomorrow.
Well, brothers and sisters, I'm glad you've been with me this week. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, give me words of edification. Cause me to be a master of words. Glory, hallelujah. Cause the anointing to intensify. Cause me to bless and help thousands, even millions, Father. Let this word spread like wildfire, Lord, to be a blessing unto the masses. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Well, we're talking about the master words. Psalms 107 and at verse 19. Then, well, let's go up to 17 to, to really get the the gist of the scripture. Psalms 107 and at verse 17. It says, fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities are afflicted. Now, why, why sometimes are some people afflicted, mainly fools, is because of what they've been doing, how they've been living. You know, so if you've been living, you know, <clears throat> a subpar life, it might cause you to be afflicted. But don't don't stop the message, though. See, because the words I'm going to tell you is going to help you today. Verse 18, it says, they're so abhorred all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. So, so some people, they didn't live the unclean life. <clears throat> did a bunch of things and they reaping what they have been sowing to the point where they ain't only you have an appetite some of them and they about to die. But watch this. Watch this. This is what they can do. It says in verse 19, being they cry unto the Lord in their trouble. Who they cry to? The Lord. Now, now there's only the ones who want to get help. Some people might cry to their homeboy or their wife or their husband or to the physician or whatever. Nothing against none of those people. But the ones who have been living a crazy lifestyle and then got in trouble and got sick, the way out of it is for that person to cry unto the Lord in their trouble. Now watch what the Lord do when you cry unto him in their trouble. One guy told me one time, he said, oh, man, these folks, man, get sick, and then they want to go to church. Well, brother, they only obeying the word, see? And you better hide, you better remember what they did when they when they got sick. Because that kind of talk, you're saying that if you get in trouble, you're not going to cry out to the Lord. You got to change that attitude. You got to be poor in spirit. You got to have a humble spirit. Well, when they humble themselves and cry out to the Lord in their trouble, it says, and he saved them out of their distresses. But watch his manner of doing it. He didn't write a, uh, this is the prescription. This is his prescription. They cried to the Lord, and he wrote a prescription. He wrote in the Bible, by my stripes you're healed. That's his prescription. So go to the person and apply that. So, so, the, so the person who praying or the person themselves, they say, okay, I apply the scripture. I declare and decree in the name of Jesus Christ. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus, okay? Then if they body don't respond right then because they hadn't built themselves up in faith, they keep saying that until it registers on their mind. I'm going to put it in another way. 
I'm gonna say I'm gonna say things different ways that cause you to comprehend it. You're gonna brainwash yourself. You're gonna wash your brain of that unbelief, and you're gonna replant faith. So you're gonna keep saying to your mind over and over and over again, "I am the healed of the Lord. I am healed by His stripes." To wash your brain of unbelief. Now it's a brainwashing where they wash people's brain from faith to unbelief. But we're doing it the other way. We're washing your brain from unbelief to faith. We're uprooting and replanting like Jeremiah did. Hallelujah. They cried unto the Lord in their trouble. Oh Lord Jesus. When I cried, oh Lord, He delivered me. My wife grandmama used to sing that all the time. She was singing Psalms 107 and 19. Hallelujah. When they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Yes, a person can get in destruction. A person can get in the bad shape. Sometimes you're just under attack from the devil. And sometimes your word has been the snare of your soul. It says in Proverbs that a, a fool's lips enter into contention, and his words are the snare of his soul. Solomon knew these sayings. Jesus knew these sayings. The Father knew these sayings. He knew that the power was in words. That's why he said, let there be, and it was. Jesus cast out devils by words. He commanded the spirits to come out. He used his word. The Bible says he cast out the demon with his word. We cast out demons by words. I was doing that last week, using the word to cast some demons out, ministering to somebody. And I was teaching, as I was ministering deliverance, I was teaching the family how to do it too, just in case I'm not there. Because I can't be there. Everybody needs to know how to do it. Well, you cast them out by saying, come out in the name of Jesus. It's that simple. But say, well, I tried that, Derek, it didn't work. I did too, and they stayed for a little while. You know, you can watch a video, and you can see on this video people who do deliverance. They might say it 30 times for the thing totally dislodged. They might say, uh-uh, because the demon will be shaking his head saying, I'm not coming out. I'm not coming out. You say, oh, yeah, I released the fire God upon you. You're going to come out in the name of Jesus. Don't never give up on anything. If you, if you, if you prayed over your body one time and the symptoms of the sickness still there, that don't mean that you're not healed. That means that it's in the process. You remember when Jesus cursed the fig tree? The fig tree, it didn't dry up immediately and, and, and wither right there. It's when they left and came back, they saw the effects of it. Man, I hope y'all catching this. Don't believe that the words you have spoken that God gave you, that is written in the word, 
Don't believe that they're not working. I remember I prayed for a kid one time in, in, uh, who had a, he couldn't walk. I laid hands on him or something. I spoke over him in the name of Jesus. Yeah, he didn't walk right then. Six months later, he was walking. He supposed to never walk again. Now, I haven't seen immediate manifestation, but some sometimes I see it later. I just prayed for a God knee Sunday. Uh, about so I'm expecting. I'm expecting it for him to tell me right now, you know, that, man, that thing, the doctor, like, man, we don't know what happened. When you pray, release your faith. Keep on saying, man, I got faith in my faith. My faith is working. You know why? You know why you can have faith in your faith? Because the Bible says in the name of Jesus Christ, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. See, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. See, if you could get the people to agree with what you're doing, to agree with the word, when you got two people agreeing with the word, you're unstoppable. When you get a group of people agreeing with the word, you're unstoppable. It could try to tear. See, the enemy will try to tear for a while because he's trying to wait and see if you got unbelief. But see, when that faith there, that angel going to come and he got to go. It could be a day or two later. It could be a month later. But when that faith there, he know it. See, the only thing he's doing is trying to hold on, hoping you get an unbelief. If you can get an unbelief, when that angel come to do that job or that anointing fullness come, he said, hey, hey, they in unbelief. And there ain't nothing the angel or the spirit of God can do if you're in unbelief. Stay in faith in spite of the circumstances. For he sent his word and gave you money, healed your body, and gave you peace. Be blessed. I'll talk to you next week.